Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Welcome to the Local Church all my church familia at home, all of our church familia at Everglades Correctional, everyone here in this place. I'm Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. And today, we're going to jump right into this. We're continuing this series called Ghost Stories That Aren't Scary. And, and this is not going to be like the past several weeks. We've gotten to enjoy the, the presence of God with us. We've done our preparation. We have some more preparation to do. To do. So today is not going to be a whole lot of preaching. Today is going to be a whole lot of teaching. And I encourage you to take some notes. Open up your apps. If you have them, you can follow along on the screens. Go ahead and grab an envelope in front of you. If you don't have the app downloaded, use a pencil, pen, lipstick, mascara. I don't care. We have some preparation to do. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to talk about spiritual gifts. Turn to someone and say, we're talking about spiritual gifts. Tell them, don't be scared of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be, I do not want you to be, here's what we're going to do today, all right? I try to do it often, but we're going to do it today. Anytime anything is bolded in a passage, can we say that out loud? Yes? Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. When we talk about spiritual gifts in the context of popular culture, a lot of times it's spooky, it's scary. We we see these these gifts that these spirits and do and give to people, like being able to move things with their mind or predict the future or talk to the deceased. I see dead people. And so when we think of spiritual and we think of gifts and we think the spirit of God and the gifts that he wants to give, a lot of us, we are scared because we are are uninformed. But this series is so that we can have clarity and understanding of the Spirit of God, who He is, what He wants to do in our lives, how He wants to lead us. And today I want to talk about how He wants to gift us. I've titled today's teaching, Stop Getting Scared Over Spiritual Gifts. Stop Getting Scared over spiritual gifts. Some of you, I can tell you're already scared. You're like, I grew up in one of these weird churches. Is this one of those weird churches? Stop getting scared over spiritual gifts because God is a gift giver. God loves to give good gifts. God has given us the greatest good gift of his his son and the salvation that comes with Jesus. He sent his son to save the world so that we could be set free forever and be in relationship with God. And then his son, Jesus, he's given us the gift. He says, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna send you a helper. I'm gonna send you the gift of the Holy Spirit, my presence to be with you always, even until the end of the age. And now we have the spirit of God who wants to give us gifts. But when it comes to the Spirit of God giving us gifts, some of us were a little bit scared. He wants to give us these gifts so we can be part of God's story of salvation, of connecting people to Jesus and one another. But when it comes to the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, because a lot of us are uninformed or ungrateful, we leave these gifts unused. This right here, This is a espresso machine. My father, he gave me this gift several years ago on Christmas. I opened it up and I gave the obligatory, ah, thanks, dad. It's exactly what I asked for. 
What am I going to, wow, so many things I can do. I didn't want this. I was ungrateful for this. I didn't ask for this. I wanted an Apple watch. Just give a $50 gift certificate. Everyone will chip and I can get my Apple watch. But no, my dad bought me an espresso machine. And when he left, I'm like, oh, I'm putting this down underneath the cabinet. I, I left it hidden for several months because I was ungrateful. I'm like, this, it's not a Keurig. Like, I'm going to have to clean it, and you think I can make good coffee? I'll just go to Dunkin' Donuts. I'll go to Starbucks, and I can get something way better. Like, I was uninformed about how this thing works, and so I left it unused because I was ungrateful. And then one glorious Sunday morning, I step into church, and I smell the aroma of heaven. Someone was making cafecito. I'm like, oh. Listen, if, if you've lived in South Florida for a while and you've never had a cafecito, what are you doing with your life, man? <laughs> Seriously. Like, I smelled this, this smell and, and I went and they were preparing and, and I drank it and it was everything that I needed that I didn't even know. It gave me a, a, a boost of energy and probably some confidence that, that I'd seldom experienced before. I'm like, this is so good. Can we have this every single day? I'm tired of coffee breaks. I want cafecito breaks. And they said, well, if we had an espresso machine, we could have it every day. Aha. I remembered my dad bought me this espresso machine several months before, so I brought it in the next day. And from this day forth, from that day forth, every day at 2 o'clock, we have our cafecito break. Amen. We're better because of it. Thank you, Jesus, for Bustelo. <laughs> Here's my point in sharing that. Many of us, we've taken the gifts that are heavenly father have given us and we've left them hidden and unused because we are ungrateful or we are uninformed about what they can do. We think we don't need it. We think we don't need these gifts. I can operate on my own intellect. I can operate on my own resources. When the spirit of God has gifted us all with gifts so that we can be all that he's called to be no matter who we used to be. So today I want to talk about these spiritual gifts and I don't want them to be left unused or hidden in a cabinet. I don't want us to be uninformed. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 it says, now there are a variety of gifts but the same one spirit, the spirit of God who's with us. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord. The Spirit of God is God. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Verse 7. To each, let's say that again. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. To every believer, we have been given this manifestation, this, this display of the Spirit's power in our lives. Why? For the common good. I want to talk about these spiritual gifts that he gives, but before we talk about what they are, I want to talk about what they are not. I want you to write these down. First thing, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. For us to understand what spiritual gifts are, we have to understand what they're not, and they are not natural talents. When you are naturally born, you are gifted with natural talents. Some of you can sing. Some of you can dance. Some of you are really good working with your hands. Some of you can crunch numbers really well. I believe one of my natural talents is eating. 
You think I'm joking? No, listen, I can out-eat every single person here, even if you weigh three times my weight. I was in a wing-eating competition. I ate 84 wings. I lost by one wing. That's what they said because the guy was a three-year reigning champion. They didn't want the new Kobayashi to win. So I lost the wing-eating competition by one wing. I've eaten four footlongs from Subway in one hour. Apparently, you know, eating fresh doesn't really work when you eat so much fresh. I've eaten 22 tacos from Taco Bell in one sitting. I could out-eat all of you. Maybe that's not a natural talent. Maybe that's a sin in my life. But, but all of us, when we are naturally born, we have natural talents. But, but when we are spiritually born, the Spirit of God empowers us with spiritual gifts, and they are not the same thing. Now, the Spirit of God may, may, may use your spiritual gift, may gift you with gifts that work in tandem with your natural abilities, but you need to understand that they are not the same thing. And the reason this is important is because we can always improve our natural talents, but if we don't got the natural talent to sing, baby, you cannot sing, all right? And you're never gonna learn how to sing. But as we are faithful to steward the spiritual gifts that God gives us, guess what? He gives us more. When he knows he can trust us with what he's already given to us, he empowers us with more spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Second thing I want you to understand that they are not, spiritual gifts are not given to special Christians. They're not given to special Christians. And this is important because there are some Christians, because they are gifted in a particular way, they think that they are better than other people. There's some Christians who believe that certain denominations, God has set them aside. God has chosen them to be the ones filled with power, but all the rest of the Christians, oh no, they are the redhead stepchildren. They are the overlooked. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 7 again. I want to read from the NLT, the New Living Translation this time. It says this, simply, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. It's not for the spiritually elite. It's not for special people. He's given to each of us so we can help each other. Now listen, we may not have the same spiritual gifts, but all of us are gifted. I may not have the spiritual gift that God has given you, but I'm not going to be grateful. I'm going to faithfully work what he has given me because all of us are gifted. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're gifted, baby. You're gifted. God has gifted you. Third thing I want you to understand that spiritual gifts are not. Spiritual gifts are not signs of spiritual maturity. You need to know that. If you have one gift and your gift is, is a predominant gift that, that's a public gift, it doesn't mean that you are some special, mature Christian. In fact, we'll talk about this more next week. The Bible says you can have all the gifts. You can speak in tongues and prophesy and discern, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. You know what the sign of spiritual maturity is? We did a whole series on this. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You can have the gifts of the Spirit and still be an immature jerk. Trust me, I've met a whole lot of people. We'll talk more about that next week. But you need to understand that spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Now, why are we talking about this? Because like we mentioned last week, there's a power available to every single follower of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. And if we are uninformed about the gifts he wants to give to us, we will not operate the way that he's created us to. We will not be all that he's called us to be. So we cannot be uninformed. 
For uninformed will leave the gift unused, will, will be ungrateful. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about these spiritual gifts. And I, I want to ask us to stop being scared of these spiritual gifts. And like we've been talking about over the past several weeks, we're going to look at God's word. Because the Spirit of God never speaks apart from God's Word. And we're going to look at two lists of these spiritual gifts. There's four in the Bible. I'll give you the other two later. But we're going to look at God's Word. And we're going to look at these two prominent lists of spiritual gifts so we can understand how we are gifted so that we're not scared of what the Spirit of God wants to do through us with these spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12 is the first gift. It's there on the screen. It's there on the app. Here's what it says. God has given what? There it is again. Each of us, those at home, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. He's talking about spiritual gifts. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking to you. Let's talk about this gift. What is the gift of prophecy? The gift of prophecy is to speak on behalf of God, to inform people on behalf of God. And the Greek word for prophesying or prophecy and all these passages that we read it means to speak forth, to declare, to inform based on what God has said, to interpret the purposes of God. Now this is important to know because a lot of people misunderstand the gift of prophecy as the ability to predict the future. Now we see that happen primarily in the Old Testament, but you need to understand that the gift of prophecy primarily is to speak forth the word of God. It's to proclaim the word of God, not to predict the future. It is to declare what he has said, not speak what we think he wants to say. Some people would argue that what I'm doing right now is prophesying. I'm speaking God's word. I'm declaring his word. But, but yet we do see some instances, particularly in the Old Testament, we see some instances in public living where, where prophesying is something a little bit more direct. It's, it's God speaking of something to come, not necessarily predicting the future. I remember the church that I grew up in. This is, I used to watch a lot of Christian television. I used to watch late night TV and see all these, these charlatans speak on behalf of God and predict all of these things. And, and it always creeped me out and always made me wonder, is this real? And then my church growing up, my pastor, he had this gift of prophecy. And I remember one Sunday service, there was his family. They'd been trying to have a kid for several years. They were unsuccessful. It was New Year's Day. And the pastor boldly calls him up and says, in 12 months, you are going to have a child. It's going to be a son. And you're going to name him Joshua. And I left that New Year's service saying, oh man, <laughs> like I see that stuff on TV, but you never see what happens afterwards. These people are saying, thus says the Lord, this is what's going to happen. But you never follow up with whether or not that happens. But, but this is our church and this is my pastor. And I know these people and I know they've been trying and I know they're hurting. And God, if that wasn't you, you need to bring some clarity to this. Long story short, they did their preparation. The husband really liked the preparation. And um, 12 months later, they had a son. And they named him Joshua. It's like, God spoke something through my pastor, something that was to come. 
But then, on the flip side, when I was a senior in high school a few years later, um, one of my teachers, she was the, the teacher sponsor for our Christian club. And one, one Tuesday after our Christian club, I'm sitting there, and she says, Eric Gamero, I had a dream about you last night, and God told me to tell you, you're going to marry her. And I looked at her, and I was like, say what now? God, God didn't tell me that. Like, I mean, she wasn't my type. I'm not going to say anything about, about her, but I'm like, I don't want to marry her. And if, if God wants to marry her, I don't know that I want to follow God. Like, are you kidding me? How do I know? Because I've seen it really happen. But does God want me to marry her? How can we know? Do, you know, I just want to be careful for those people who say, thus says the Lord. This is scary and this is spooky for some people because some of us, we've had some experience where someone says, God told me to tell you. How do we know God told you to tell me? How come he didn't tell me? How can we know if it's the spirit of God speaking? How can we know? Look what 1 John 4, 1 says. It says, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. You must Put them to the test, baby, to see if the spirit that they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. The Bible says to test prophecy. It says to don't just simply take it for, for word's sake, but test it. How do we test it? What do we test it according to? Does God's word say it? Does God's word say what they said God wanted to say to you? Because if it doesn't, reject it. It's not from God. If it's not in context of what God has said, reject it because it's not from God. How can I say that? Deuteronomy 4.2, Proverbs 36, Revelation 22.18. They all say, don't you dare add one word to God's word or else you'll be found a liar. I don't know about you. I don't want to be found a liar. And I recall in the Old Testament for people who misspoke on behalf of God, what happened to them? They were stoned. They were killed. The Bible says to test prophecy. If it doesn't line up with God's word, reject it. If it doesn't fall in line to God's context, reject it. If it brings confusion, reject it. Because God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. If it brings glory to man and not to God, reject it. Because everything that we are to do is for the glory of God and not for the glory of man, not for the benefit of myself. But, it, but if I can see that God's word says it and it's in the right context for me and it gives peace in my life to fulfill God's plan of salvation in the lives of others. I want that to happen. I receive that. Amen, Lord. Do what you want to do in my life. But, but I need to say this about prophecy, okay? Too many of us, we want to hear from God from other people. In fact, oftentimes, we'll pay more attention to, thus says the Lord, God told me to tell you, rather than going to what he's already told us. You want to know God's will? Know his word. You want to hear God speak to you? The Holy Spirit will speak through his words. That's the gift of prophecy. Now, we spent a lot of time there. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time in the rest of the gifts. Next week, we'll spend a whole lot of time in two specific gifts but I want you to understand this as we continue on. The next gifts that we are about to read are just as spiritual as the gift of prophecy. I want you to understand that. 
The gift of prophecy is not some elite gift only for a select few. The rest of these gifts are just as spiritual as the gift of prophecy. Do you understand that? We'll continue on Romans chapter 12, verse 7. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. Some of you, you just love doing things for other people, especially when they don't know about it. Why is that? Because the Spirit of God has gifted you with this gift of service. If God has put that in your heart, if you love bringing people and being hospitable to them and caring for needs and, and, and serving others, it's because the Spirit of God has gifted you with that. Do something with it. Grow the kingdom with that gift. Continues on. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. Some of you, you have the gift of teaching. When you look at God's word, it's not just, you know, a light into your feet, a lamp into your path. You're like, oh, look at this, a Greek word. And oh man, the Holy Spirit inspired me about this. And you want to tell somebody about it. It's because you have the gift of teaching. This is one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me. This is why I do what I do. This is why I love doing what I, what, what I do is because God has gifted me with this gift of teaching. Not all of you have it. Not all of you should be teachers, the Bible says, but all of us have a gift. Continues on in verse eight. If your gift is to encourage others, say that with me, if your gift is to encourage others, do it. We just finished a series called Good News because all there is is bad news. If you have some encouragement, give it away. My wife and I, we have this friend. She has the spiritual gift of encouragement. It's not a natural gift because in every single situation, she can find a way to encourage people. You're going to feel so good after you take those meds. Oh my gosh, this dinner is going to be so amazing. And every time we're around her, we're like, I just love being around her. It doesn't matter if we're having a terrible day. She encourages us. Why? Because the Spirit of God has gifted her to do that so that we can grow in our relationship with God. Romans 12, 8 continues. If you have money, anyone here have money? Raise your hand if you have money. Two cents counts, one cent counts. You have negative, we're praying for you. If you have money, share it. I'm not going to make the joke that everyone has this gift, but another, another translation says this. If your gift is giving, give generously. I know a couple, both husband and wife, both have this gift of giving. I don't have this gift of giving. When I think about gift giving, it's like, what can people give to me? And I, I give because I'm worshiping God. I give out of compassion for people and their needs. I give because it's required for anniversaries and birthdays. And so it's like, ah, but I don't have the gift of giving. But this couple that I know, they, they always give the best gifts. And it doesn't have to cost money. It's either handmade or, or it's something that's personal because they think of people in context of the giving. They always give the best gifts, whether or not they have money. Why? Because the Spirit of God has given them this ability to be generous with what they have. Romans 12, eight continues. If God has given you leadership ability, if he's given you the ability to be a leader, use and take this responsibility seriously. Some of you, you lead in the marketplace. Some of you, you, you lead in the business world. Some of you, you lead in, on sports teams or in your neighborhood. You're on the HOA. You're in leadership positions outside of the church, but you're not using this gift in the church for the kingdom of God. And essentially, your gift is in a cabinet, unseen and unused. God has gifted you with the ability to lead. Instead of seeing a problem and complaining about the problem, be the answer to that problem. Do something with it. Take this responsibility seriously. Don't hide it. 
Use it for the kingdom. Continues on. And if you have the gift for showing kindness, kindness to others, do it gladly. This is the gift of mercy or the gift of showing kindness. This is the gift that God empowers Christians with to help meet the needs of ministry, to help minister to people who are hurting. Pastor Johnny, I believe, has this spiritual gift of kindness. Like no one doesn't like being around Johnny. If someone doesn't like Johnny, I don't trust you. It's like, you know, it's like the dog test. Whatever dogs don't like, it's like, uh, don't. if you don't like Johnny, I don't like you. Like, how can you not? He's so kind. And this helps with the ministry that God has given him to lead here, our counseling ministry, to help understand and, and help people through what they're going through. All of these gifts are important. All of these gifts are spiritual. And God has gifted every single one of us with at least one of these spiritual gifts to the benefit of the church, to help people see that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is love. I want to read another list. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I want you to understand that, that the gifts that we're going to read in this chapter, they may be a little bit more supernatural in nature, but don't be scared of spiritual gifts. Amen? Turn to someone, tell them, don't be scared. It's just spiritual gifts. The Spirit of God wants to gift us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. There it is again. God has a purpose. He's gifted all of us. And the goal is to help the entire church. Verse eight, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. It's the gift of wisdom. To another, he gives the special gift of special knowledge. This is the gift of a word of knowledge. Some of you, people come to you often for advice because you give really good advice. And it's not because it's a natural ability. It's because the Spirit of God has given you this gift where, where it seems like you can tap into a, a deeper understanding. You, you understand how things operate because God has given you wisdom above your experience and your years. That is the gift of wisdom. Some of you have the gift of knowledge. That's a little bit different. That's instead of understanding how things operate, you understand how someone is feeling. You understand what they are going through. You understand what's happening in their life in a real empathetic way, even though you may not have gone through it or you may not be going through it. If you have one of those two gifts, don't keep it hidden. You should be counseling. You should be teaching. You should be mentoring. You should be helping marriages that, that are falling apart. God has gifted you to help build up the church so that the church can be the hope of the world and point people to the only one who can save, which is Jesus. Continues on, verse nine. The spirit gives special faith to another. This is the gift of faith. And to someone else, the power to, to heal the sick. Told you it's gonna get supernatural, but it's not scary. The gift of faith. That's a gift that the spirit of God has given me. I, I have the gift of faith. Meaning I, I just believe God's word, period. I believe God's gonna do what he said he would do. I'm going to believe God is going to show up in great power in every situation. I believe that God's word is true. That does not come back to him void. And so I just believe that, period. I believe that this church is going to be a church of 25,000 people in our local community for healthy campuses where people are connected to Jesus and one another, learning from a pastor in person, not just some guy on the screen. Nothing wrong with that, but I just believe God has called us to be a healthy, life-giving church in our local community so that we can see 25,000 people come to faith in Jesus. This is the vision he's given us, and I just believe it. 
I believe we're going to be a church that gives away $25 million to like-minded ministries and, and churches and organizations right here in our local community. And we're not going to wait until we get there to start giving. And we gave away $100,000 this year. We don't have that money. But I just believe God's called us to do that and that God's going to allow us to do that. I believe that God is going to allow us to, to build a 25-acre city center. Not a 25-acre church building, but a city center where people in the community can come, where single moms, they, they, they can go to a restaurant and give their children hot meals, and the elderly, they can get their tires replaced and their oil changed. A, a, a city on top of a hill where, where, where young students don't have to play out in the streets or join gangs, but they can learn skills and abilities and graphic design and music and be discipled and mentored. I just believe that God is going to allow us to build the 25 acre city center right here in the city. We got 10 acres right now. That's not 25 acres. You know what? But there's five acres to the south that I believe God is going to give us. And there's 10 acres right next door and they're not for sale, but you know what? God's going to do it. How? Well, like Ephesians four talks about everyone's doing their part. There's people with the gift of generosity and giving. There's people with the gift of administration. There's people with the gift of leadership. But I'll tell you this. I believe God is going to do it, and I'm not going to look like a fool when he does. It's this gift of faith. But then it talks about this gift of healing, this spiritual gift of healing. This is when someone prays for someone else. They recover. They are healed. I wish I had this gift. I've prayed for this gift because I know that there's a lot of hurting and sick people here in this local community. And a lot of times we see these charlatans on television who make all these demands and, and these fake displays of power. And so a lot of us are spooked. Is this real? It's a real spiritual gift. And unfortunately or fortunately, however we see it, we see this gift operating more so outside the United States. We see this gift operating primarily in, in third world impoverished countries. And I believe it's because they don't have anything else or anyone else to turn to. There is no healthcare. There is no doctors. There is no therapist. All they have is the ability to, to get well by trusting in Jesus or dying. And so we see this gift oftentimes in places like China and Africa. Uh, I personally know an African missionary who God has given him this, this spiritual gift of healing. God healed my mom of rheumatoid arthritis through him. God healed me of an ability not to smell. I love eating because I can smell now, but I could not smell anything unless I was very close to it for over 15 years of my life. And God used this man to heal me. It's a real gift. And again, it's not, it's not these late night scammers. This gift isn't, if you give, you will be healed. It's not, if you have faith, oh, you just don't have, no, no. This gift is, God has gifted someone that whether or not they believe that Jesus is Lord, they can be healed to build a bridge to let them know that Jesus is love and that Jesus is Lord. This is a spiritual gift that, that God wants to give to some of his children. Continues on. Romans 12, 10. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to 
prophesy. Come on, hey, you're slacking, you're slacking, let's do this. He gives someone else the ability to know whether it is really the Spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking. Let's talk about the gift of miracles. This is simply a gift that the unnatural becomes natural, the impossible becomes possible. Several years ago, I was on a mission trip with my wife and several students in the student ministering that, that I was pastoring. And part of our responsibility on this mission trip was to feed these three communities of illegal immigrants who lived in Shanties. And, and the pastor let us know, we don't have enough to feed them all, but we're going to do something. We're not going to wait till we can feed them all to feed some of them. And so we went and, and uh, the, at the first community that we went to of Shanties, they said, make sure you only give one per person because they're, they're, they're going to try to manipulate. They're going to try to convince you that they have a sick mom or their cousin or someone sleeping right now. Only give one or else we will not be able to feed everybody. And, um, you know, me and my wife and 12 teenagers who we had compassion and people were coming, they're saying, but I need two more for my auntie. I need one for my grandma. And we're giving all this away and um, <laughs> we're running out and we certainly don't have enough to go to two more. But this pastor, God had given him the gift of miracles. He said, okay, let's come together. Let's pray. What are we going to pray? Pray that God multiplies it. Okay. And he starts praying, God, would you multiply like you did with the fish and the loaves? Would you, would you use us to feed these people so that they can know that you love them, that you want to feed their spirit and you want to grow them and save them? And he multiplied it. I say it so flippantly because it just happened. And we're all there. We're mesmerized. Like, okay, you need some for your grandma and your auntie and your uncle here. Take more and and by the end of the third community, just like the Bible said, they had all taken and they had excess. That was only possible because of the power of God. Some eight months ago, we do food distributions one Saturday of the month. And um, back in February, we were doing a pastor's training, a church planner's training, where we flew church planners in from Cuba and South America and all across the United States to assess them and to empower them and to, to bless them as they started life-giving churches. And uh, we told them, get here early because on Saturday we have food distribution. The line goes very, very far back. If you don't get here early, you're not going to be able to come at all. And so the South American couple, these missionaries, they came and they saw the line. They got here early and they came to me and they said, are all these people here for food? I said, yeah. Do you have enough food to feed them all? I said, unfortunately not. You know, we're able to feed a lot, 600 families, but we always run out of food. She said, I'm going to pray that God multiplies it today. I said, okay. Two hours later, I'm not making this up. True story. Carson calls me and says, Pastor Eric, we're organized. We keep track of numbers. We did not have enough food, but God kept on multiplying it. And Pastor Eric, it's great. You're not going to believe it. We, we counted the numbers. We did not have enough to feed as many as we did, but we did. I said, I believe it. It's the gift of miracles. Then it talks about prophesying, which we talked about. Then it talks about discernment, the ability to know whether something is from God or something is not, to know whether this is good or this is bad. My wife has this gift, and frankly, it drives me crazy sometimes. She says, I don't think we should do this. I don't think we should go through with this. I don't think we should move forward on this. I'm like, tell me why. Because I just feel. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want feelings, woman. I want facts. Print out a spreadsheet. Give me the history. Why should we? Because I have the gift of faith. It's like, oh, any opportunity for us to do what God wants to do? Sure. She's like, no, no, no. No, we should. She doesn't even say we should pray about this. She says, we can't do this. It drives me crazy. 
but, but I'm not exaggerating. She has been right 100% of the times when the Holy Spirit lays something on her heart. And it has saved this church. It has saved our marriage. It has saved our family. Tons of heartache and headache. It's a gift that the Spirit of God loves to give to his children. Romans 12, 10 continues. Still another person is given the ability to... That's the gift of tongues. And another is given to the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, again, these, these are the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. And there is, some of you, you're scared. Don't be scared of these spiritual gifts. There's a lot of debate when it comes to these two specific gifts. So we're gonna take time next week to talk about them in great detail. But here's what I want you to understand. Romans 12, 11. It says, it is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. We read this last week in Acts 1.8 that the Holy Spirit, he wants to empower us so that we can be witnesses of Jesus, so we can be part of his story of salvation and pointing people to the, to the hope of this world. But so many of us were uninformed or we leave our gifts unused or we're ungrateful for what we have. Do you know what God has given you? He wants to empower you to be part of his plan of salvation. He has gifted you. What are you doing with it? Do you even know what your gifts are? As we conclude today, I, real quick, I, I want to share with us how we can discover these gifts. How do we discover these spiritual gifts? Because all of us are gifted. How do we discover what God has gifted us with? The first thing is this. Write this down. Study. Someone say study. study. I want you to study what the Bible says about these gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 4, that's the other one. 1 Peter chapter 4, I want you to write those down. And I want you to, to go home and study and see what the Word of God says about these spiritual gifts. We have to do our preparation. We have to understand, first of what he said. But the second thing is this, write this down. Ask. Ask God for gifts and ask him to show you your gifts. We always ask these two questions at the end of every service. God, what are you teaching me? When I look at your Word, when I study... What do you want me to do about it? We ask him. Ask him, God, God, how have you wired me? What spiritual gifts have you given me by your spirit? Ask him to reveal those things to you. And then ask him for more gifts. Pray, God, would you give me this gift so I can serve the church in this way? But don't be foolish. Don't think that God is going to give you something more if you haven't done anything with what he's already gifted you with. Don't be ungrateful. I don't want the gift of serving. I don't want the gift of leadership. I want the gift of healing. Well, you're not serving. You're not leading. You're not, you're not using the gifts that he's given you. So ask him. The last thing is this, most important. Someone say, do. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. What are you teaching me? What do you want me to do about it? When the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart, do it. When the Holy Spirit impresses you to do something, it may be scary, but do something with it. If he puts on your heart to be generous, give. If he puts on your heart to serve, do it. Some of you, it's a little bit scared. You're like, I don't want to be stoned. I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak you know, improperly of what the Spirit of God leads me to. Well, then pray. 
Lord, do you really want me to encourage them? Do you really want me to speak to them? Do you really want me to speak the truth in love and say, you should not do that because thus says the Lord. You're not living according to his word and I love you and he loves you. When the Holy Spirit leads you, do something with it. At the beginning of service today, our worship, it was, it was a little bit abbreviated because I wanted us to, to celebrate and to be grateful for what God has done in our life, what God has given us. So in just a few moments, we're, we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing a song of worship and praise and, and of gratitude as we head towards Thanksgiving for who God is and what he's gifted us with. But, but I just, I want to I paint this picture that I'm a father with three kids, Ethan, Emma, and Everett. And I love them. And I know them. And I see their gifts. I see their natural talents. And so now as their father, I want to gift them with gifts specifically for them to change the world. But what if my children say, no, no, I don't want that. I'm going to hide that. I don't need that. Are you kidding me? I'm so much better at singing. I don't need to serve. I'm going to hide that. And they're ungrateful or they're uninformed and they don't use the gift that I've given to them. Don't be that. Don't be scared of these spiritual gifts. Be faithful. Be grateful. And God will grow them. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.